Doobie, how are you? Thanks for joining me. All good, man. How are you? I'm doing well as I can in this wonderful Canada land that I'm living in. Have you been keeping up with this? What's your perspective on this? Man, Canada has been on a weird path for a long time throughout this whole situation. Places like Canada, Australia, New Zealand, those three in the Anglosphere throughout this whole thing seem to have been the craziest and they seem to be places that don't want to get better of course mm -hmm. i'm originally from the uk england has dropped all of its covid protocols it's dropped everything from the 24th even if you test positive uh you don't need to self-isolate so england is done completely through with it places like scandinavia are done i believe that switzerland is getting rid of its uh vax passports Lots of places are trending in the right direction, but you've still got other places where they really don't want to let go of this thing. I mean, the notion that any of this has anything to do with a virus or p p keeping people safe is completely ludicrous at this point. I mean, I've been saying that that's not the case for more than a year since, since the whole thing started. I've always been more concerned about the response than by the virus itself. But at this point in time, even for the true believers, if you look at what's going on in Canada, you look at these emergency powers being invoked, it's so obvious that this is not about health and safety. It has nothing to do with the virus. It's not even, you can't even pretend that it does anymore, even if you're a true believer. So it's weird seeing what's going on up there. Um, in terms of the truckers, I think that that is a positive movement, and I'm glad to see people supporting it. I have no idea what the pro versus anti ratio is up there on the ground in various parts of Canada. I, from what I see, but I've got a biased filter due to the people I follow. It looks like a lot of people are supporting it, but I don't know if that's the, if that's the majority. And throughout this whole thing, to be honest, what's concerned me far more than any government actions has been the people's response to the government actions that goes for my country. That goes for every country across the world. Essentially, there have only been a handful of pockets where people pushed back from early and it's been disturbing seeing so many people just completely turning into mini tyrants and mini dictators and all of that authoritarianism within people that's been exposed. That's been the scariest part to me personally. Yeah, we've gotten to this really weird place where provincially the lockdowns are ending and the mandates are seemingly coming to an end, whether that was planned from the start or not, if it's trucker influence we can't know for sure but then federally i mean we had this vote recently in the house of commons where the conservative party and the french party all voted to end everything but the liberal and the further left they're called the ndp party voted to keep everything and then so at the same time they invoked these mer emergency powers which seem to be only so that they could clear any protests they want you know one of the things that people were bringing up before and it seemed to come true is that trudeau wants to be able to force tr uh tow truck drivers to remove things which they wouldn't have done been able to do before because nobody wanted to do it and now one of the first mm -hmm. things he says on day one is we need to get tow trucks to move all this stuff but on top of that they say that if you've donated to these campaigns they can seize the funds and investigate your bank account it's this really weird you know, soft communism sort of thing where it's encouraged, mm -hmm. it, it's allowed by the the big companies and the people. There, there's some people that are for it. I hear what you're saying about not knowing 
the amount of support. And you can go somewhere and you can hear a lot of support for it. But if you look at replies in our CTV News or our state broadcaster, CBC, you see people saying, you know, this is a good thing because they've been convinced, it seems like, that these are terrorist acts. Whereas a couple years ago, you go back to pipeline blockages or railway blockages. It was no international story. There was no need to call for an emergency. There was no call for calling these people, you know, racist, misogynist, what have you. And it's it's become a completely political thing. And depending on which one the media shows you, which which you side with. So it, it's really interesting to me. But it's also not entirely unpredictable that that would be what happens. Because um, if you're unaware, Justin Trudeau calling this emergency act, the last person to do this was actually his father in the 70s. Mm. So it's a really weird, I don't know if you want to call it a coincidence or not, but it's been really interesting to see how much the American audiences and the Australian and UK audiences want to see this stuff because it's kind of inspiring to people. And you mentioned you're from the UK. Are you traveling all across America now still? Is that where you are? Yeah, I'm in Texas right now as we record this. And I've been following your Twitter and from what it seems like you found a lot of you've met up with a lot of your fans and I wanted to ask you what that's like to travel to a different country and just you know find all these big pockets of your viewership in all these different places how does that make you feel it's been amazing man it's been phenomenal the past couple of years have been incredible for me I mean if you go back to 2019, so keep in mind, I started everything I do in 2006. I released my first album in 2006. And in 2019, after over a decade of releasing albums, doing music videos, touring, selling lots of records, all of that stuff, doing it all independently. I mean, at the beginning of 2019, across all the social media platforms, to, to give you an idea, beginning of 2019, I had 17,000 followers on Twitter. And I had about 50,000 combined across the social media platforms. Today, three years later, those numbers are 675,000 and about 1.2, 1.3 million in the last three years. And that's without paid advertising. That's completely organic. That's just my message reaching people all around the world through my music, my socio-political cultural commentary, my podcasts and interview appearances, fitness work, all of that stuff. So it's been amazing. I mean, throughout the past two years, I've over the past 18 months or so, I think I've been to eight different countries and I've been stopped on the street and recognized in virtually every single city I've been to. And then doing these meetups when I was last, when I was in the States in 2019 and I did meetups, it was like seven to 20 people. Now I post something up and 200, 300 350 people get in touch. Some of the meetups have had over 100 people um, at late notice. And it feels good, man. It feels good because the, the internet is one thing and it's great to see those numbers going up and those metrics and everything. But it's another thing to talk to people face to face, look them in the eyes, shake their hands, hug them and see the impact that you are having on people. And we've been through a very lonely period over the past two years. It's been extremely lonely. For a lot of people, a lot of people feel alone. They feel disconnected. If they are not uh, fully on board with the narrative, they feel like you know they're constantly wondering, "Am I the am I the crazy person? Am I am I the one who's missing something here?" Right? All of my people are seeing their friends or their family or their neighbors or just their fellow citizens all you know masked up to the eyeballs, even outdoors. In many places, there's still many people 
there's places where the majority of people are still wearing masks outside, something that a behavior that never made sense, never was even recommended by proper health authorities. And people are still doing it, still seeing people driving alone in the cars on the freeway with, with their masks on. You're still seeing people running around, just all these strange behaviors that didn't exist uh, just over two years ago and have now just been normalized, not just in one country, but across the vast majority of the of the world. And so people have been seeing all that. They've been physically isolated, geographically isolated. Many people have not been able to travel depending on what country and, and area that you're in. And so it's beautiful to be able to bring people together and to be able to just, just talk and spend time and just have that human interaction, man. Um, I, I love, it's funny now because so many people these days know me through my online work. And a lot of people discover me through the internet, but I'm very much a real world person. I'm very much a, I like to be out there. I'm an extrovert. I like to be out there talking to people, interacting, be, being in the mix. And that was suspended, right? That was, that was taken from billions of people across the world for a period of time. Some people are still going through various forms of lockdown. So overall, it's been good. I didn't set out to be some kind of liberty hero or anything like that. All that happened was... A lot of other people lost their minds and I didn't. I just maintained the same thing that I believed in 2019 all the way through 2020, 2021, 2022. A lot of people, if you could show them the 2022 version of themselves, they would be disgusted with themselves. Maybe that even goes for Justin Trudeau, right? I don't know. Um, but so many people have given up on all these things. There's something you said that was so interesting, which is that uh, you talked about the the more right-leaning parties, the the conservative parties uh, being against the lockdowns, wanting to end the mandates and so on. And the so-called liberal ones, not like liberalism is, is dead. Liberalism has killed itself, man. You can't, you, you, I don't call these people liberals anymore. You can't call them liberals. Nothing Trudeau is doing is liberal. What's going on in New York city, Los Angeles, San Francisco, all these bastions of Liberty. None of it's liberal. What's going on in Australia, New Zealand, none of it's liberal. It's not liberal. Like, look at the definition of liberal and tell me this is liberal. It's like, no, you can call it communism. You can call it fascism. You can call it authoritarianism. But there's nothing liberal about it. And I think that we need to stop calling these people liberals just because that's what they call themselves, because they're not. When you meet up with these people, with your, your followers, what's the number one question they have you have for you? Because when we meet up with the viewers from Rebel News, it's really how can we help is, I think, the number one question what can mm. I do? How can we help? What kind of questions do people ask you? Um, most common questions. What should I do? <laughs> what should I do is a big one. And um, a lot of people ask me how I manage the negativity. No one ever asks how I manage the positivity, but people always ask how I manage the the negativity because they see all the they see all the backlash and all this stuff that I can I can get online, especially. Um, but a lot of people don't know. A lot of people are looking for guidance and, and leadership, I guess, uh, looking for advice on ways that they can just handle the situation or they have something at their workplace, their uh, place of education, something within their family, something within their friendship groups. All of this nonsense is affecting them in various ways. And people often ask for my advice on what they should do. And I, I can't give each individual advice. I mean, I've got thousands of DMs across Twitter and Facebook and Instagram with very, very personal scenarios and people wanting my advice. And I'm kind of flattered that people even look to me 
as someone who has the wisdom to 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 give that kind of advice because a lot of these people are a decade plus older than me by the way um and i can't give each individual advice for various reasons but the general thing i can say is that people need to understand their their values they need to understand their principles and they need to have boldness and they need to have courage one of the big problems isn't simply people not realizing that something strange and bizarre and anti-freedom and anti-liberty is going on, but having the balls, for lack of a better word, having the courage to say something, say something, do something, right? If you're seeing evil taking place, and some of what we're seeing has been absolutely evil, it's been, it's been cruel. If you're seeing something going wrong and you recognize it, but you don't say nor do anything about it, or you cross certain ethical lines that you know that you shouldn't, then you are being a coward. And if you look at all throughout history, if you look at the worst events that have happened in history, they haven't happened because the majority of people were evil or the majority of people are cruel. They happen due to cowardice and apathy, right? It only takes a handful of cruel or malicious people to cow the other 90% plus of people. And we need to stand up for that. I mean, I'm I'm happy to see what's happening now in Canada because honestly, for the past ye, almost two years, Canada and Australia and New Zealand in particular, I was just like, holy crap! Like, <laughs> I'll be I'll be a hundred percent real. Like my my view of those countries has dropped so significantly mm -hmm. over the past few over the past couple of years. Um, not necessarily all the people within them. I know great people in in, in Canada and Australia and so on. But I was just seeing this and I was so disheartened. I felt the same with the UK. It was one of the reasons why a time came last year. Where I was like, you know, what? I don't think I can live in this country anymore because I was just so disheartened by people's response. I was like, man, there are people here. There's a significant amount of people here who, who would happily throw you in the gulag and they'd be a prison guard, too. And not only would they not defend you, but they would attack you if they were told to. Right. And that's mm -hmm. not a comfortable position to be in. And in the Western world, we've always had this belief. And honestly, now I call it a myth. And this is sad. It doesn't make me happy to say this, which is that, you know, everybody values liberty and mm -hmm. freedom and equal treatment. And, you know, we shouldn't segregate people. We shouldn't have unfair discrimination and so on. We shouldn't be forcing uh, medical procedures on people. We shouldn't be forcing people to do certain things, right? That's always been what made the West different. Keep in mind, I'm not someone who grew up primarily in the Western world, right? My family background is originally from, originally from Nigeria, but I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I grew up in Saudi Arabia. And trust me, I've heard every criticism of Saudi Arabia and Gulf states in the Middle East that there is under the sun. But so many of those criticisms now, it's like, well, your country is doing the exact same thing. Your country is doing the same thing. I was just in Dubai not long ago and people are there criticizing, oh, the Middle East, Dubai, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, bro, you're, you're, can you not see that your country has succumbed to the exact same thing? They've just done it under the banner of health and safety. They're even making you cover your face outside, right? They're making you cover... You know, people say, oh, Saudi Arabia, that's horrible. They make the women cover their faces in public. And I just look at and I just look at people like, oh, you don't get it, do you? And they're like, oh, well, that's different. That's different. This is about science. It's like, OK, interesting. Right. Is it? <laughs> well, so, other people would say know, that that's based on on a, a type of science, too.
whether it's biological, you know, biological or not. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. Uh, it's just that people people are really bad at seeing the, you know, as they say, you know, they'll be they'll have a plank in their eye and they're calling out the speck in someone else's eye. You know, they're throwing those rocks, but they're in, in, a, in a glass house. And before I would have, you know, stuck by these points before I would have said, yeah, you know, that is the thing that makes the West different and that makes the West special. And if the West loses these concepts of equality under the law and freedom and liberty and basic human civil rights and dignity, then what makes the West special? Having a little bit of money? Is that it? Right? Your people are crushing these values. I mean, millions of people went to war and fought and died multiple times. Why? Because they wanted to defend liberty. They wanted to fight against tyranny and totalitarianism. They wanted people to be able to live free and have peaceful, law-abiding citizens just be left alone and able to flourish and fulfill their lives. And I still, I still totally stand for that. But it's been so disappointing to see the number of people, a huge number of people who don't. You just scare them. That's all you have to do. You just scare them. And all of a sudden, they become hardcore authoritarians. And they think it's okay because health and safety and security and uh, greater good. That's always the excuse. Always. I feel the same way. And over this time, I've come to realize in sort of the same verbiage as you did that a significant and I would dare say a large majority of this country, probably over 75 percent, does not agree in the way I do about personal freedom and liberty. Um, mm -hmm. And that goes down to things like free speech, to gun rights, to uh, property rights. Um, to being the government not being able to force things upon you. And now we're at this point where the government is now saying, if you support a political movement that is against our sitting government, you can be treated mm -hmm. like a terrorist. You can be have your bank account seized. You can be investigated for, you know, crimes against the state for donating $25, theoretically, to, uh, you know, a blockade or a political thing that you agree with. That would never happen if somebody donated to BLM. That would never happen if somebody no. donated to a native group blocking a pipeline, things that have happened. That wouldn't happen if you supported the Pride Parade, which blocks mm -hmm. the street, for example. So even personal friends of mine who say, you know, in our times of emergency, we need to take away people's rights, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that sometimes no. these emergencies would be so prevalent if you think to war times, it's pretty obvious when there's an existential threat and we need to come together. Does that need to be written down on paper that the government needs to take away your rights? I don't know if I think so. And I look at our Bill of Rights and our Charter of Rights and Freedoms yesterday and at the top that it's subject to reasonable you know, uh, laws being put in place, something that the, the, the U.S. Constitution doesn't have. And we already don't have freedom of speech and we don't already have all these other things. And then we're leaving it up to whomever is in charge to determine what is reasonable and what has been determined as reasonable. Well, something with ninety nine point nine percent survival rate for most people, um, mm -hmm. people blocking roadways and people gathering in front of the nation's capital and basically having a block party with no violence and no injuries and no violent rhetoric of any kind. So mm -hmm. it seems to me that people are okay with the government saying, hey, you can't work. These things have to be shut down. And also we're going to make you cover your face. But if the people yep. say these people can't work for a week, which the blockade was, Toyota and Ford can't produce as many cars as they wanted to, 
the people saying that isn't good enough because, I don't know, I guess people are okay with the government doing it. Keeping in mind in Canada, you only need about 33% of the vote to be in power. So it's very mm -hmm. strange. And by that uh, simple mathematics, I would say that even the 66% who didn't vote in the person, the majority of them, still are okay with him enacting this. Having said that, yeah. you know, there's a lot of pushback on Trudeau on this, but, but like the last two years, nothing's happened and nothing's gone against it. Mm hmm I wanted to ask you yeah. about go, okay, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just saying, yeah, it's it's really honestly, it's really disheartening, man. I, I can never look at these countries again the same way. I can't. Um, it doesn't matter even when stuff goes back to to normal. For me, so much of the damage has already been done. And I'm, I'm glad it's been done because, you know, when the grass is cut, the snakes will show. And it's always good to know the reality and to know the truth. But it's really shattered this illusion of these countries being free, liberal democracies and bastions of freedom. The amount of damage that's been done in such a short period of time is phenomenal to me. And the precedent that has been set, like from the beginning, this is why I was one of the few vocal people who opposed lockdowns from the very beginning, because what the heck is a lockdown, right? This, this concept should have been rejected outright in every Western developed country. We're going to force people, healthy people, not even your sick. We're going to force everyone to stay at home. We're going to force businesses to shut down. We're going to pull all the kids out of school. We're going to do all of this. That concept should have been rejected, right? And from the beginning, I've always been against the mandates and the laws, right? If someone chooses, if someone chooses to stay at home, someone chooses to close their business, someone chooses not to go outside, they choose to wear a mask, they choose to take any injection or medication or treatment that they want. No problem. It's never been a problem. And you've always had those rights. Like that's always been the case. It's the force and the coercion and the harassment and the attacks. That's the thing that's always freaked me out. It's like, no, the, the, so many of these things should have been rejected from day one. Lockdowns should not have even been on the table. Shouldn't even have been on the table. People are there like, mm, is, it, is it time to end the lockdown? It's like, dude, this should have never been normalized. You've now set a precedent that anytime there's an emergency, then you can just lock the citizens in their house and they have no they have they have no say in it there was never any vote there was never any referendum and you're just trampling on all these people's individual rights because you're scared again just because you're scared mask mandates should have been rejected outright if they want to put in some guidelines or recommendations saying look okay we've done you know this is the science and we recommend that you wear a mask when you're in this area or that area whatever fine that's it forcing people to do it no Right. Same with the same with the injection situation. Right. Look, we've got we've got these available. This is what it does. We recommend it for this people in particular. Here's how it helps. Here's how it works. Whatever. Cool. You let people make their choices. Isn't this how it is with every single other medicine that exists? Every single one. Like it, it's 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 so it's so it's been so weird to me. And you've so many dangerous precedents have been set. And I really don't think people understand this, that now You've essentially given all these governments around the world the green light that if there is an emergency, they can break the law. And if you can break the law when there's an emergency, then you keep creating emergencies so that you can keep breaking the law. And that's where we are. That's how we're in this situation now. I mean, it's February 2022. This thing's been going on more than two years. The, the num Even if you're someone who's looking at, looking at the numbers and, you know, the, the hospitalizations and deaths and what, all of this is petering out. This, this virus has largely run its course. It's just endemic now. And people don't want it to end. You've still got people trying to do this stupid COVID zero policy as if you're going to get all the numbers down to 
complete zero. We can't get the cold numbers down to zero. We can't get the flu numbers down to zero. It's a completely absurd anti-scientific position. Um, and all these measures, and this has come out many times. I mean, they've done this John, John Hopkins study recently showing that the, the lockdowns didn't prevent deaths, which, by the way, they were never intended to do. People forget. People have such short-term memories. The point of the lockdowns supposedly was to flatten the curve so not too many people would get hospitalized mm -hmm. at the same amount of time and overwhelm the hospitals. People have forgotten this. The point was never actually to stop people from dying. The virus was always going to run its course. So people are not thinking properly and clearly. It's just been emotional thinking and hype and mass psychosis, mass formation, mass delusion. All of this has been going on. And it's only a small percentage of people who have both the combination of the awareness and the critical thinking and the courage to say, no, this is not this is not right. This is not correct. This is not something that should be happening in my country. This is not something that should be happening across the world. The supposed cure is worse than the disease itself. And um, and here we are. So like I said before at the beginning, I'm glad that things are getting better and are trending in a better direction. But I'm also not out here celebrating because I'm like, none of this should have happened. None of this should have happened. What I remember not making any sense right from the get-go was the idea of not quarantining the sick and letting the healthy run about. And I'm talking about the long-term care homes and the old-age homes in particular. The idea was mm. not let's Let's give them what they need, whether it's a vaccination or special treatment. Let's keep them quarantined because that's where it was spreading. Because our government, particularly where I live in Ontario, they were still sending nurses on rotation throughout different locations and mm -hmm. spreading the infection that way. So instead of just quarantining the sick, it was everybody must be quarantined no matter what. Do you have symptoms? No. Well, you could be asymptomatic. You could still be spreading it. Mm -hmm. Literally, by that basis of logic... For the rest of time, we should be having yep. these restrictions because if you don't know you have something, but you could still spread it, well, then what can you do? You're literally just, mm -hmm. you should be restricting yourself for the rest of time. And then we get into the idea where you can't even talk about these alternate things, which of course, you know, I think has, is a corporate meaning behind it, a money-making scheme behind it. And I wanted to ask you about that with all the deplatforming going on. Uh, most recently, there's still musicians and you're one as well that are having things taken off of YouTube, taking off of Spotify for medical misinformation. Where do you see that going? And I, and I know you're friends with Joe Rogan and there's all that stuff happening. I think, um, what's his name, came back to Spotify after he was he was banning it. Neil Young. Neil Young came mm -hmm. back, if I'm not mistaken. Where do you think this is going? Do you think we're going to move on to this um, with different topics? Like right now it's medical misinformation. They're all trying to stop Joe Rogan talking to these doctors. Do you think it goes a bit further with political speech and, or and, and any other topics? Maybe it's denying climate change. Where do you think this is headed? And uh, do you want to shed any light on that? What, you, what do you think the biggest problem is there? Man, I'll be honest. On this sense, I'm as concerning as a lot of this is. I'm also quite optimistic because on multiple levels on so many of these issues, what we've just been talking about and what you're talking about now, the hand has been overplayed, right? People have, you know, governments and institutions and the media, they've, they've overplayed their hand. You know, they've overplayed their hand. They've played it too hard. They've played it too fast. And again, even, you know, there are guys like us who are on the you know, we keep our we keep our ear to the streets and we're aware of all these things that are going on in the culture and in big tech and in politics and whatever. Most people are not like that. 
most people are just, you know, they see what they see in the news and maybe they hear some things here and there, but they're not deep diving it. They're not commentating on it. They're not there on Twitter day in, day, day, in, day out talking about all of this stuff. And even a lot of those people with everything from the, from the COVID narrative, I mean, there was the Super Bowl, what, two days ago and <laughs> no one was wearing a mask, right? Like no one. Um, and that was in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. Right? That, Even that's, the mayor that's, that's, that's and everybody, a, yeah. That's a pretty big deal. There was no one in that crowd wearing a mask, right? So after that, how do you go back to, oh, there's this killer virus on the loose. And if you don't wear a mask, you, you know, it's like you can – people have a lot of cognitive dissonance. And there's a lot of capability in the human brain for denial of the obvious and other logical issues like sunk cost fallacies. But it gets to a stage where it, it becomes too obvious. And you can see this now. You can see in the corporate media. You can see how they're trying to change the narrative now. Right? You can see they're trying to change the narrative and be like, hmm, maybe it's time to end the lockdowns. Yeah. Maybe we don't need the mask mandates. Maybe maybe this is not right. Like a couple months ago, remember how hardcore they were going, right, about the demonizing um, the unvaccinated or, you know, trying to – force people in their homes for, you know they, they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff and now they're trying to get ahead of the narrative uh, where do you think that comes realize... from where do you think the sudden narrative change comes from because a lot of people will say Fear. you know this is the... Fear. they see okay i know i think they see that people are cottoning on to what's going on and so they have to get ahead of the narrative all of this stuff is just poll driven it's all just driven by how people feel so when people are afraid you run with you run the fear narrative when people start getting angry and upset at you and start realizing, hey, you guys are screwing us over. You people are hypocrites. You people are not wearing your masks and you're doing this. In the UK, well, I think a big reason why England has dropped everything is because you know, Boris Johnson and his cronies were caught having however many parties during the lockdowns, breaking the social distancing rules, breaking all this. Meanwhile, they're canceling Christmas for 66 million people across the UK. Right? People see that. It makes people angry. People get mad. And so, you know... Ultimately, and here, here's something people always forget, the power is always with the people. The power is always with the people, ultimately. Always. Throughout this whole thing, basically, populations that have been willing to take more crap have been had to take more crap because they've been pushed harder. There are a lot of places. You've got to remember, there's places that never did lockdowns. There's places that never had mask mandates. There's places that didn't even do this. Some places for like they, they sort of tried it mm -hmm. and people were just like, ah, no. Like we're not we're, we're not doing this. And the, the mayors or governors or or leaders, you know, they are like, OK, you know, we we relent. Whereas elsewhere, people are like, yes, no, we need to go more. We need we need to go harder. We need more restrictions. We need more. And so it's like, OK, well, we're going to push this as hard. We're going to push this as hard as as we can get away with all of this stuff in Canada could end tomorrow like that it could end today, it could end today, wherever you are in the world. This has been the situation, by the way, for the entire two year period. It can end. It, it can end whenever you want. You've seen the movie A Bug's Life, right? When the people want to stand up collectively and say, look, it's over. I'm going to take off these masks. I'm going to just go about our business. It's a wrap. It's over. It's over. All of this stuff. And that's one of the things that's made me like so frustrated and blown my mind throughout this thing is because I'm just there and I'm like, you guys realize you this could all end if there were not this collective cowardice and this herd mentality and herd stupidity and people just behaved how they wanted just went back to living like it's 2019 then it's over you can make a mask mandate but if no one is wearing a mask then it's a wrap <laughs> right like it, it it's over like they, they can't enforce it if it's just one person takes it off then you know you can chat you can focus on him or her and you know yeah, put on your mask da 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 
If everyone just took them off, it's like, okay, we're done. That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You want to enforce a lockdown? Everyone just go. Everyone just go outside. Go to the stop. Right. All the business owners stop enforcing. You know, they're the ones enforcing it. I agree. Right. They're the ones enforcing all this stuff. They're the, the. So if they were just like, no, we're not doing this, then it changes. And this has happened in many places. There's police departments, for example, where they tried to put in vaccine mandates, and they all just said no. And then what happens? The next day, they literally drop the mandate. Right, well, because because they're just there's like, no, been like, plenty of unions here that haven't enforced mm-hmm. it. Police unions, um, nurses unions. There's been plenty of places that didn't um, enforce it. And then there's also been unions who tried to enforce it, and then silently six months ago said we're going to actually going to fight this because so many people mm-hmm. complained. And and That's you don't really and you don't really hear about that anymore. It's kept out of the news, uh, for lack of a better term. And I also want to give kudos to the Bugs Life reference. It was always Bugs Life <laughs> or Ants, I believe, came out at the same time. Ants with a Z, okay. if I'm not mistaken. Those mm-hmm. were the two movies. Um, I want to do a band segment for the subscribers beyond the paywall. So if this is the end of the video for you, go to rebelnewsplus.com, $8 a month, or you can subscribe for a year, get two months off, and you'll get more of Zuby, more band content, because if we talk about this stuff on YouTube, we will be banned. So if you're not going to see us, go there, and we'll check you next week. All right. The thing I wanted to ask you behind the sanctity of the paywall, Zuby, was the distrust in the medical industry, I think, has to be at an all-time high now. Uh, Forgetting even Fauci, because it seems like it should have been a year ago when his emails came out, people should have stopped listening to him. Do you think as a whole this will change how people will, you know, go to their doctors, how they trust medical information they find, a hospital requiring, you know, vaccination in order to get in? Do people start to, you know distrust the medical community as a whole because before this you would think that there's no a lot of people i think would think that there's no bias or political influence in the medical industry yeah i think that a lot of damage has been done to a lot of industries and institutions and it's their own fault this goes for the political establishment this certainly goes for the media establishment this goes for the scientific community for lack of a better term and the medical community And this is, there are some advantages to that. People should always be critical thinkers. However, it's actually really important in our societies that we are able to trust people and that we're able to trust our institutions. We should at least be able to trust that they are doing their best and acting on the best knowledge and not what is politically or financially expedient all the time. And Man, I mean, I've got I'm I'm from a family with a lot of people who work in medicine, uh, a lot of lot of doctors in my family. And doctors are very important, right? Medicine is so important. And I have some concerns about how much damage has been done again, not just in one country, but across the world due to the amount of I'd, I'd say out, outright malpractice combined with perverse incentives, people trying to make money rather than really caring about doing what is right and what is ethical. The amount of goalpost shifts, the amount of uh, times they've, they've changed the narrative, uh, the suppression of potential treatments, the censoring of some of these doctors who have been speaking out. All of this stuff is long-term potentially actually a real problem. And I'll, t- I'll tell you something else that I think has happened. I haven't seen many people make this point, but I- I've made this point before, which is that I, I think also with the-, the way they've done this vaccination effort, 
I believe that long term, they've actually created way more genuine anti-vaxxers. They've caused millions of people who before never had any real questions or concerns or worries about vaccines just just in general as, as a thing. They, ne they never had a they never had a problem with it. But when you go around and you start mislabeling people and you start calling people all these names and use these weird coercive tactics and these bizarre incentives and all of this stuff, it makes people go, yo, what the heck is going on? Like, what is what is this all about? And it makes people um, go further. So I, I also fear that say say there was a situation where there was like a truly, truly deadly pandemic. I don't know, 20 percent kill rate or something, killing kids, killing young people, taking out healthy people, all of that. Um you, you, they've destroyed so much trust. They've destroyed so much trust that it would be hard for them to communicate, you know, if, if they then decided to be honest and to do what's really right by the people, you will have people who are now very, very skeptical who previously wouldn't necessarily have been. I'm someone who's, you know, I've always, I'm, I've been skeptical about the media and the political establishment for quite a long time. And I know that even in science and medicine, there are perverse incentives and you know, everything from the food pyramid. Like I'm, I'm a mm -hmm. fitness guy. So I've seen a lot of nonsense in the scientific and medical world, but not like this, not like this. I mean, this, this has really been a complete mess when you've just got people who are just mouthpieces of the political establishment. When you are censoring doctors and scientists who are highly qualified, just simply because they have dissenting opinions and you're actually literally kicking them off platforms or you're censoring their videos on YouTube. All that does is it makes people more skeptical. Anyone who is a critical thinker makes you go, man, like what, what, what is going on here? Right. People who are not even conspiratorial thinkers, they're just looking at it and going, man, like this is weird. Like this, this, this is weird. I think that's one thing that none of us can deny regardless of what people think about the policies and all that. Like, this has been a weird time period, man. This has been weird. It's hard to know who to trust, what to trust. They say one thing one day, then a you know, couple weeks or a couple months later, they're saying the complete opposite. Everything from the masks to the lockdowns to the uh, to 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 the uh, vaccines to um, everything. It's like they they've said both they've said both sides, right? They've said oh this this works, and they've said this doesn't work. They've said do this, but don't do this. They literally the, the the messaging has been stay home, but go outside. <laughs> don't wear a mask, but you have to wear a mask, right? Like don't do this, but do and, and it's like, and it's been a relatively short period of time, and they're not explaining it. The best they do is say, oh, the science changed. They won't show you what science. They won't show you what studies. They won't explain it. And all of a sudden, you're just supposed to up, update your software like an NPC and go along with whatever they're saying. But some of us are like, wait, hang on. A couple months ago, you were saying this, and now you're saying this. So which one is true? Or if the information updated, what what was the argument? What was the study? What was it mm -hmm. that changed? You, you can take any single one of these topics. You have to also remember that, say, the concept of lockdowns. Um, are you aware that like even the World Health Organization itself was always against lockdowns? Mm -hmm. They had in their pandemic protocols that you do not lock down, you don't quarantine healthy people even during a deadly pandemic like that is not a sound and effective strategy and the damage done to people the, to the economy physical health mental health so on 
is it, it's not it's not worth even trying to do this. That was that existed prior to 2020. So what happened? Oh, let's do it. Let's, let's just do it anyway. Right. And that's coming from the World Health Organization. So, you know, the supposed experts, the people they're supposed to be listening to. So they just ignore it when you've got places putting in policies that you, you're supposed to wear masks outside. Right? I think the whole mask thing is silly, but outside you're supposed to wear them in gyms while you're exercising. Yeah. None of this. None of this is remotely scientific. In, in fact, it's anti scientific. Like that's not a good thing. If you're running on a treadmill or you're, you're deadlifting, you're squatting, you're not supposed to be wearing a mask obstructing your breathing. That's obviously stupid. <laughs> um, but they're still putting in these policies. You, you walk into a restaurant. By the way, this is all around the world. Every city in the world is supposed to walk. You walk in a restaurant. You put, put, you cover up your face. You walk six feet. You sit down. You take it off. You eat for 90 minutes. You stand up again. You put. What is going on, man? Like I can't, I've never seen so much collective stupidity and ridiculousness in my life. I've seen people swimming in the ocean with masks on, surgical masks. I'm like, <laughs> what? Humans didn't used to do this. I've been around for a while. I've been around a few decades. And I remember how people used to behave. People didn't used to be afraid of each other on the street. People didn't used to be afraid to do this, afraid, oh, I could get sick. That person could be sick. It's like, well, that's always been true. Always been true. We've been spreading diseases around our entire lives, prior to our lives. It's just, it's what happens. You ever had a cold? You ever had a flu? It's kind of how it goes, you know? Um, you get the woman the, avoiding the, you on the street, walking around you. <laughs> if you, if your honestly, mask isn't on, yeah, it, it's so weird. Hey, put it, put it over your note. Like what? Like I, I don't know. People, the amount of weirdness that people have just accepted and normalized freaks me out. And I look, I've accepted that ten years from now, there's still going to be people, people wearing masks, wandering around outside and stuff. It's not going away. Um, it's going to diminish. But there are some people who are who are gone. They're gone. And um, I think that's a shame. I think it's sad. But as long as people leave me alone and leave us alone and leave other people alone, then I'm cool. That's always been my my main issue. I just want to be left alone. I'm not for people having their rights and their liberties and their basic freedoms stripped away because other people are scared. If you're scared, that's on you. You know, you handle your business. You take care of yourself. You take care of your family. You take care of your health. You do what can be done. Other people are, are you know, within, within reason. They're, they're, they're going to do what they're going to do. We shouldn't be going around trying to intentionally infect each other or intentionally spread disease or hurt each other. Needless to say, we, we, we weren't doing that previously. We don't do that now. Um, but using the boot of the state, using using the force to suppress people and to force them into all these behaviors, it's not right. Use the force, Zuby. No, one of the to your earlier point, I always had a problem with whether it's Doug Ford or Jen Saki or Justin Trudeau. There's never any statistics brought up when they're talking about restrictions. There's never, hey, we looked at this study, this study, and this study no. that says X, Y, and Z percentage point this. It was always just this is what our experts are telling us. And you can just look at any news article that's uh, very pro this stuff. They say experts say after a comma, experts mm -hmm. say who's their expert? Well, it's a guy from the anti-hate network in Canada, for example, <laughs> that is against these lockdowns. Like stuff mm -hmm. like that. Or um, I forget what the hope not hate in Europe is their expert or something like that. And it's just our comma our opinion states without reference to anything and they very often when i read these articles it's the first paragraph that is you know attempted to be cited with science and then the next thousand words are well also because this person's bad and this person has this opinion previously and it's 
I, I discovered a couple months ago that there are just websites out there with writers you've never heard of, with headlines you've never seen, and a website you've never heard of that places like Yahoo and MSN, they'll just aggregate from. And you look at the mm -hmm. origins of these of these articles, and it's literally just a website that's meant to feed, you know, propagandist articles from an unknown person, often no byline. And, it, and it's like, who are these people? It, it could just be, you know, me five years ago writing an article in my apartment saying this is what the science says. And then a mm -hmm. giant organization like MSN or, or Yahoo, whom I really don't like for that, just pick up. They just pick up other people's articles and they've managed to survive on this through CNN and random articles. Um, I know we're almost at a time here. I want to ask you before you go, um, what kind are you getting? For some reason, I feel like you're going to be in movies. Are you getting movie offers, <laughs> Daily Wire? Are you getting offers from networks to have your own show on there? Do you feel like pursuing any of that sort of stuff? What do you What Man. do you think is going to happen in the future for you? Dude, there's there's a lot of opportunities. A lot of opportunities coming my way. A lot of cool and interesting stuff. I can't do all of them. Um, a lot of potential book deals and book offers. Um, speaking engagements. I've been offered to have a regular slot on a uh, you know, a, a major, um, news channel in the UK, various things. So I'm working it out, man. I, I'm just, I just do what I do. Mm -hmm. And I thank God that so many opportunities are coming now. Having too many opportunities is a better problem than not having enough. So we'll see. I'm playing it by ear a little bit. I'm just trying to inspire, motivate people, help people in a positive way, and also encourage people to think. Right. I'm not trying to tell everybody exactly what they think. We're going to reach the, a different conclusion on some things. But I want people to think there's so much stuff out there and people out there who are trying to shut down your brain and trying to force you to out, outsource your thinking. I'm, I'm trying to encourage people to, you know, do right by themselves and other people, self-improve and to think, to ask questions, to challenge the narrative. I do not have all the answers. I have a lot of questions. I don't have all the answers. Um, I have some of them, I think. But doing that encouraging dialogue that's what i'm all, that's what i'm all about man through my music through my fitness work through the these type of interviews everything that's what i'm about so i know we've talked about some negative and demoralizing stuff in this but i think it's important to also discuss and put out the negative cuz that enables the positive to flourish because we want our positivity to be genuine and real not just based on ignorance and naivety and you know that kind of ignorance is bliss situation you want to know what's going on in the world and to understand some of these things that are happening but you also want to be main, able to maintain a spirit of optimism and an understanding of why this stuff is important why is liberty important why is freedom important these are not just buzzwords and things we're supposed to talk about these are things that you are supposed to live and there should be a balance and an equilibrium that enables us all to survive and flourish. Very wise, Zuby. I appreciate you. I think you should do a song with Matt Brevner. That's my personal opinion. If, uh, you know who Matt Let's Brevner is? I can look yeah, that yeah, up. Um, he works here, if you didn't know. Um, I do. And I need a Team Zuby hat as well. I'm going to have to go buy one after this. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's GB News that's offered you. You can tell me later on if that's who it is. But I appreciate you, Zuby. Thanks for coming on again. I hope we can talk again soon. Good luck in America. I'm jealous of that. I want to go down there myself. We'll see if that ends up happening. I want the freedom. And I'm glad we agree on so much. And I'm glad you're willing to share this with the Canadian audience that loves you. So thanks a lot, man. You have a great day. I appreciate you joining me. Thanks, man. appreciate it.